Welcome to the Enterprise Leaders Podcast, where we discuss the stories and lessons behind successful enterprise businesses. We talk to entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders to learn from their expertise and explore the playbooks that are critical to building category leaders. Please reach out with any feedback or suggestions for guests to podcast at stormventures.com. Your host, Arun Penmetza, a partner at Storm Ventures, an early-stage venture capital firm based in Silicon Valley. Welcome to another episode of Enterprise Leaders. Today, we are going to be talking about the engineering role within companies and what makes a great engineering leader. We are lucky to have Srini Kakera here with us. Srini is the head of engineering for AIML products at Adobe, and before that has been the CTO of a number of companies. Srini, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Arun, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to join with you on the podcast. So you've been an engineer and an engineering leader across many companies and have seen the industry evolve over many years. So what got you started on the engineering side? I mean, as I just said, I started my career as an engineer. What inspired me is to really understand the customer. What gets customers excited about using the software products? I'm a software engineer, so all I know about software. So I wanted to see that we are designing and developing the products for customers. Customer-centric approach is what really intrigued me. So that only possible for me to continue to push myself to be the leader. And so I get access to the customers and stay in front of the customers, understand the customer's needs better so that I can build the products the way customers need them versus what I think is the best. Can you talk a bit about your current role at Adobe, You know, just how your team is structured and what you're responsible for? Working on various initiatives, uh, one just to we successfully launched uh, customer data platform CDP on uh, B2B space, helping companies to manage uh, the customer centric profiles. They can you know target the audience uh, for marketing and so on. Also, artificial intelligence and machine learning for marketers, helping marketers to make marketing campaigns and event triggers very proactively and intelligently. And plus analytics, helping marketers to analyze the data much better and faster. Before that, I was with various companies. I co-founded an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. I had a couple of startups and I was a CTO for a company helping them build government software for cities and counties and states to modernize the citizen engagement. So always seen how I can help the customers to achieve the digital transformation. That's a pretty wide swath of areas that you've covered. I just want to build on that a little bit. Engineering is obviously a very critical role within organizations. And I would say in the last few years, as the tech industry has grown, it's come more to the forefront. So as an engineering leader, how do you think about working with other teams within the organization? So for example, you mentioned being customer-centric and engaging with the customers, right? I would say maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, engineering was probably more of a silo. And then, you know, you had product or customer success or sales teams do more of the engagement with the customers and give you requirements. But that has clearly changed and teams are much more cross-functional now. So can you talk a bit about that evolution and how you, as an engineering leader, work with other teams to engage more with customers? It's a, it's a great point. It's a big transformation in the industry and with the current generation, Especially one thing I see is that agile engineering, you know, the life cycle of innovating the products, launching the products to the customers much shorter. Earlier, the products used to take many, many years to really have a new version or a new product launched to the customers. But now it's like release cycle is shorter, which means you have more chances to improve upon and iterate upon and take the customer feedback very early on. So that's something changed. And second, 
You also touched upon the organizations are more siloed and non-collaborative. Actually, the models were, you know, it's very waterfallish. Earlier, there was somebody create the design, somebody create the build product, and then somebody sell. But now it's the smaller teams building the products in a sh- short period of time, which is forcing teams to work together as one team, be in front of the customers quickly so that they can really realize the value of the, what they are developing. That's a big change. And third, I also see that the generations also changing. So earlier, I see engineers or leaders used to be more of introvert, and now it's extrovert. The younger generations wanted to really have more interactions. And I see that they wanted to be involved in many aspects of what they are really developing and belong to. So that also transforming quite a bit. Yeah, well, that's a great point. I mean, the pace of innovation has been incredible the last few years. So I want to build on that a little bit. From an engineering team's perspective, how do you build that culture? You know, obviously, some of it is just the industry moving forward and iterating much more rapidly. But as you're scaling your team, you know, and maybe we get started with sort of a startup because you have experience in that area as well. When you're first starting a company, how do you think about building the team so that the culture you build is much more towards iterating quickly and growing the product much faster? I think it's a great point. Indeed, for any company, it's a startup or a big company, any company, the company itself represents a group of people. That's a definition of it. So having a team, it's really, really important, especially in the startups, because every day is an exciting day and every day is a challenging day because you need to compete with the big players. You need to innovate faster. You have access to the resources. You do not have access to the resources. Sometimes you feel like a day in this end of life. And sometimes you see that, wow, you are the winner of the game. So the rapid shift in day-to-day life is very high. So the team is in it. Team together, having a team who understands, who go with the pace with a one mindset, one team approach makes the company to be successful. I've seen many companies fall through the cracks because of not having that unity and not having that one team approach. It could be smaller, it could be big. Just my recent experience at Adobe, even though Adobe is a big corporate, you know, very distributed global company, but innovating something, we just relaunched at the summit uh, recently, uh, CDP platform. What we have done is like running a startup inside the corporate. We have taken a startup approach, completely building brand new product from ground up on a cloud-native, cloud-centric approach towards launching this product. And we started this product when the pandemic started. So we have not really met many of the people, but we built as a small company and as a small team. It was very interesting how we navigated, and we're very happy to launch a successful product recently. That is great to hear, because I don't think you hear that as often anymore, that big companies are building small teams within them and launching products. So congratulations on that. I want to ask one other question on that same point. In terms of just the progress being made, right? I think one of the challenges is truly understanding how you are growing day to day and what is the progress you're making. So for the sales side, just as an example, you typically have a quarterly target and you have a pipeline that you're building. So you can measure how progress is being made. But how do you think about that from an engineering perspective? Because it's more complex. Are there certain metrics you track? How do you think about motivating the team to show that the progress is being made? That is one of the common challenge many engineers, many engineering leaders face today. In sales, it's much easier to track, like number of calls you make, number of uh, you know orders you book, and so on. And when it comes to engineering, it is more of creative thinking. It's a little harder to put a measuring stick. But with given current engineering models, we have a lot of 
KPIs and indicators, looking at the progress we are making. Again, you know, there is a backlog, there is a sprint. So there is engineering metrics of how you are utilizing the resources so that you can put a resource metrics of utilization, capacity, and uh, your throughput. What is your throughput of the resources producing the products and so on? That's just on an engineering side. There are metrics on product, how the products are performing in the product, you know, in the production, the availability, 99.99 availability of the systems, the security vulnerabilities, zero critical issues. You kind of look at the quality index. You look at NPS as a customer satisfaction index. You can look at SLAs, how quickly we are responding back to the customers. So you can have a various metrics at every point of it, engineering, product platform, which is like services and also customers. And then as a team, how are you really hiring, grooming, and growing the team? So a lot of many people ignore the people-centric metrics. So we also adopt that to monitor how the people are progressing in terms of their feedback, in terms of their growth, in terms of their learning curve, in terms of their satisfaction, and so on. So we kind of look at all of them. We create that as a metrics for the engineering leaders. I mean, I define them myself to improve upon, and also for my leaders even now, recently, we included focusing more on diversity, inclusiveness. We have taken very serious measures and serious commitment towards increasing that as a metric for leaders to get recognized and monitor. On the metric side, do you have any tools that you use to make this process easier? Or is this something that you have built in-house to facilitate this process? It's a three-prone approach. Tools will definitely help. I mean, there are tools like Atlassian and others helps on the product side. There are tools on monitoring, availability, and so on, like, you know, AppDynamics or Neuralake and et cetera gives you the observability of the system and stack and so on. And you can look at NPS and there's various tools. You can aggregate them to have a dashboard. But as an engineering leader, having that metric-based approach is very, very essential. Having that framework, having that approach to measure and establishing those key metrics into their engineering process on a day-to-day basis is very, very important. And cultivating that as a culture. A lot of times when you see somebody is measuring your progress or performance, people feel threatened versus you are embracing that performance, changing the game, the way you communicate, changing the way you kind of measure is very, very important. Otherwise, engineers will get frustrated that, oh, they're monitoring my work and they're kind of measuring my work and so on. So versus they're rewarding my performance, if you change that approach, it makes a big difference. On the culture point, I just wanted to mention, I have one other question because it's so critical. How do you think about just growing culture or expanding upon culture as the company scales? Are you deliberate and take certain actions? Just as an example, highlighting hero stories or people who've done a good job that resonates with your culture? Or is it sort of more built in as people see how other people perform? Is there anything deliberate that you do to motivate people and highlight the aspects of the culture you want to see propagated? Culture is very, very important for me personally and also for the corporations or for companies and the communities where we live. That really makes the human. So it's very important. And second, it is not one-time effort. It's not like a pill you take and you are good forever. It is an hygiene. It's an everyday effort. Every minute you make an impression. When you are interviewing somebody, that's what it starts with. Where you're onboarding, when you are really working on a day-to-day basis, when you're supporting the customers, when you are with the field, when you are working with the cross teams, with the sales and support. How do you really establish that culture and demonstrate with the examples? As a leaders, we need to lead by examples. And we need to embrace that change. And you mentioned about a couple of good points is that we take the hero stories. We talk about key accomplishments. We talk about customer success stories, our customer success wins. We talk about key innovative. And we also celebrate 
personal accomplishments or life changing events somebody is married somebody is have a baby or so on so we kind of take them part into our overall equation and show that as we are together in it as a family i think being a part of a team definitely motivates a lot of people so that's great to hear one other question i want to ask just in terms of the pace of innovation i assume there's always an incentive to move fast and innovate and show the new cool things that you're building but there is some value in being a little bit slower right because you can focus on quality and stability of the product so how do you balance that because i'm sure your sales and product teams are getting requirements from customers and they want to build all these new things but at the same time you're also responsible for as you mentioned earlier bugs and technical debt and stability so how do you balance that yeah it's a great question arun and many organizations face that challenge of balancing act i don't have one you know rule or one size fits all sometimes you need to innovate faster if you are a startup you are trying to get um, idea out and prove that even in the corporations when you are really at a ideation stage you need to go fast when you are at a deployment phase you need to go steady you can't just uh, roll out and migrate uh, production customers onto on something new without considering what can go wrong and you know looking at all the elements of data migration customer migration user experience and so on it's better you go slow but when you are innovating something cool something new product you go fast and uh, fail fast in the beginning but when it comes to the finishing of the product and putting under the production go slow so balancing that and putting that into your planning is very very important and communicating engineering leaders tend to fail communication to the leadership or rest of the leaders or even to the customers a lot of times i have seen even my peers my friends in other companies the common question they ask is about hey we are missing a release we are missing a deadline you know i don't know how i really communicate missing a release is not a bad thing i mean communicated very early on and show that with good reasoning why you are missing a release the quality is a concern is an employee productivity during pandemic right now there are a lot of challenges we all are facing in a global pandemic situation and we had to we were uh, you know pushing the product to the production but we realized that the quality is very important and we didn't really test enough and we delayed by a month giving enough time to test so it's a good thing we are quality conscious versus product getting to the customers and you know giving them a buggy product versus you give a good product customers will understand and appreciate when you give them something good if you don't have credibility and if you don't show that that you will meet your deadlines or you will meet your promises or you meet your quality standards that's a problem but if you maintain your credibility and you balance that out it's better i think balancing those two the innovation pace versus ensuring this quality is, is really difficult just a offshoot of that how do you think about building versus buying and maybe this is a question for larger companies maybe ones like adobe you mentioned the cdp product that you've built recently so how do you think about you know as an engineering team should we build this ourselves dedicate resources to it and you know potentially can take a year or two or should we buy something or partner with someone in the market it's another great question arun so i think build versus buy or partner need to be in all companies you are a small company big company it doesn't really matter because you cannot do all so to launch a product you know you take a car manufacturer you take a software company you take an you know even a mobile manufacturer even apple cannot do everything on their own they have to depend on somebody else right so even taking even a small company what is your core product you need to define what is your core unique value you wanted to really bring to the table the rest everything else try to leverage from the ecosystem 
that way you can go faster you can build you can scale you can grow if you try to do everything build everything that something takes forever and you may not have enough budgets and so on so either small company or big company that's always key element of looking at in our platform even in adobe when we are looking at uh, building a cdp big initiative brand new innovation and it is a next generation product we all really proud of and we see a great potential for us to be successful in the future we looked at various components and we are not doing everything on ground up we leverage infrastructure cloud services from the other vendor we use analytics product somebody else and so on so we take the products best out there in the market we bring in our unique value to the table and provide as an integrated and end to end solution to the customers our job is to abstract the complexity from the customers provide the best of breed solutions as an integrated offering so that the customer can realize the value faster and better so build versus buy versus partner has to be always in our strategy and i strongly recommend it doesn't matter even a small company or a big company that has to be into your planning and into your strategy of execution focus is critical for a company of any size so that makes a lot of sense a friend of mine i was advising a startup and you know they have a product they built and they wanted to go and build analytics analytics are not their main core area their core area is security and they wanted to build analytics and uh, their team size is about 14 people and they wanted another eight people to add just for analytics my day one interaction was you are wasting your time just grab something available in the market go to the customers faster focus on your core security area so that you could really launch the service it was 2 to 3 days to convince them because they think oh i can do it i can build it yes you can do you can build but is it the point of developing everything and you know, 3 days later they came back and said you know i think it is a good idea i'm glad you helped me and then changed the strategy they packaged with analytics product went to the customers much faster if they go and build analytics product they could have been completely distracted and could have taken longer that's a great point i want to go back to the transparency and communication point you made earlier which is a fantastic point even at the early stage when I mean, maybe when you are a small team you kind of sit around with everyone and it's probably a little bit easier but as you scale and especially as you get to the size of someone like adobe how do you ensure that as an engineering leader you're communicating with everyone is it just regular touch points or do you have a specific schedule in which you reach out to people so how do you ensure that transparency and communication across your teams uh, multiple ways uh, communication is 360 degree view it's not just only you know downstream upstream it's a peer level communication it is downstream within your organization it's upstream to the management and also to the customers and partners so the communication has to be 360 degree view at what periodicity it starts at the minute all the way to the year so even to the board or to the investors you have a, maybe quarterly updates or you know an half yearly updates and so on but to the team it starts at the day scrum reporting it goes on to the smaller teams gets a scrum you know daily sprint updates or scrum updates and to the management um, weekly updates and to the monthly updates and the program updates and so on and mode of communication could be email slack messages in a podcast we also have something called show and tell every month we have a monthly release and anything we innovated or anything we launched we demonstrate to the team we invite our support team services team and so on we record and we share and we appreciate the people who have done a good job in that last one month so it gives us the platform to communicate educate cross collaborate and also promote the best talent so next time they want to be in front of the audience they wanted to show something cool so it creates that so the communication is all the time at all points it's just not only one side i have also seen engineering leaders fail 
to communicate in 360 degree side right so it's only they fill in only one circle they communicate effectively to their team maybe they miss on to the management or to the peers or to the customers or to the investors so having that view is very very important having that practice built into your program is very important on the communication point with customers you mentioned the customer centric view earlier on in the discussion do you actively go visit customers along with the sales or the product teams or how engaged is the engineering team in just meeting customers and being early in the point of contact with customers i differentiate myself from rest of the engineering leaders i wanted to be in front of the customers as much as possible the reason is again very early on i realized that more you know about the customer is the best product you can build if you sit in a closet or if you somewhere you know you are working in a isolated team you can write some good code but that code or a good product may not really meet the customer need so it's very important i always take time to you know work with our sales team or a services team to see the customers meet the customers even support team i personally handle uh, critical escalations i take the customer calls to know and i make that as a routine on my weekly basis on a monthly basis to have a customer touch points that's on reaching out to the customers solving customer problems but also on the customer education i tend to be on to the podcast or in a customer updates talking about innovation or so on i also involve them in a customer influencing councils where we take their feedback on user interface or product feature you know how we take their requirements into our generalizing our product and so on so uh, three different ways of customer engagement that is great to hear Taking a step back, Adobe is obviously a very large company and your team, I assume, is distributed around the world. And I think being distributed is much more common now. A lot of the startups that we see today are distributed. How do you manage that? Do you have any specific advice for teams that are distributed, and especially engineering teams, when you're trying to do these sprints and trying to ship product quickly? It is one of the challenge. I would uh, say that first plan yourself as a leader. the timing because the time zone difference you can't solve the problem so as a leader you need to be flexible enough you need to plan your day accordingly and you need to plan your schedules to be in front of the teams during their times and so on so you can't expect them to work middle in middle of the night and then attend your meetings so there are teams working on it but it's also equally important that you manage the time schedule and you establish the communication process you establish the engagement and you have a touch points you have a skip level meetings so you also have visits i personally take time to visit my offices around the globe i make a point you know to visit our satellite offices more frequently and uh, you know regional offices and so on and when international i at least make a point once in quarter or once in six months to go and meet them in person and time it such a way that it's a customer event or it's a product launch event or something like that so that you have some good reason and also you have a good relationship with the employees how has that evolved with covid it has accelerated obviously the shift to remote work but have you changed anything in your practice i assume you haven't been able to travel so that's one change but besides that has there been any change in the way you manage the team or any other things you've done yeah it is changed and we are learning every day i don't think we really solved that yet but having more one on ones increased i see sometimes people having going through a lot of changes you know there could be personal issues could be family issues or so on so i think having one on ones or skip level talks is increased significantly but uh, more podcasts more meetings when i say more meetings is not to increase more number of meetings but make it more effective meetings these days you know i think people are having uh, you know meeting fatigue so many meetings and losing interest on it but having some funny events I have a colleague uh, who is just 
come out with the creative ideas to entertain and engage the employees across the globe and also hackathon especially developers want to contribute take them out of their day to day routines put them create more hackathons earlier we used to have two major hackathon events but now we have six hackathon events so it kind of gives that more engagement fun and so on and we have lunch and learns distributed virtual lunches you know order the lunches so we have like you know happy hour we celebrate at the end of the month birthdays or so on so kind of having more of a not work but you kind of having some relationships with the employees we're trying to manage that those are great points because a lot of roles within companies can be hectic right especially if you're launching products your customer issues so that can i'm sure drain some of the energy of your employees so it's nice to hear you have all these different approaches to keep them engaged and motivated one aspect of that that i wanted to touch on for people maybe who are looking to start out on the engineering side do you have any advice on what they should focus on early in their careers to be more effective on this role i mean i got uh, some mentorship when i was going through my growth pattern and even i'm learning today i have a framework somebody told me 15 years ago and i kind of evolved uh, that uh, bit i follow two by two grid one grid is about your core skills one block of the grid is uh, core skills like i as an individual as a manager as an architect i define what i am responsible for or i need to be good at that i need to continue to learn continue to be the best you always need to be a plus in what you are supposed to be doing right the second block of the 2 by 2 grid is uh, about your team not only you are performing well and you are doing well but you also need to make sure that your team understands the requirements team is engaged well team is doing well team is learning well team is set for growth and so on so that's very important on the team the third block is cross team coordination you always need to find a way to collaborate within the organization with the cross functional teams it could be sales product management support services or even partners so how do you really engage that kind of relationship and how you have factored that into your day to day planning and how are you spending your time in that area a lot of times engineering leaders miss in that element of it and the fourth point is very important in my mind is that strategic how strategic you are how relevant you are and how you are helping the organization to move the needle from wherever it is to the next level just not think as an engineering i'm only responsible for developing a product have your approach have your influence how you are more relevant to the business understanding the business challenges nothing wrong having a, a very just a candid discussions with the ceo or an investor what are the top five things on top of your mind what are the bothering right i mean there are always a challenges it could be competition could be out of resources could be employee issues customer churn issues or anything understanding those with the open mind and being part of that to solve is very very important so being strategic thinking ahead helping yourself to go to the next level so that you are really helping the organization to go faster and achieve better goals aligning with your organization goals is very very important so that you can really do those three blocks very well so as i mentioned just uh, summarizing a 2 by 2 grid there are nine grid principles and five grid principles but i just followed 2 by 2 which is very simple to communicate and i teach this to my team and i encourage them to follow I I measure myself how I'm doing on my core skills like AIML I just picked up that skill more recently but I started to do well in that area so how I'm learning what get me really excited about so how I'm learning so I always need to focus on that my team how are they doing how are they following along and you know how are they able to grow and contribute to the best of their growth and also to the organization and cross team functional and strategic so these four blocks are very very important i would say that 
each one of us, I always have that in my in front of my desk and I have them, am I doing well in this area? Am I, I mean, in my 40-hour week or 100-hour week, depends on which week I'm looking at. Being a startup, you know, you're always upstream of hundreds, but how are you really dividing your time in all the blocks is very important. You cannot just only focus on team or you can't only focus on customers. You need to balance between these four blocks every day. That's a great framework. How do you interview for that? Like when you're bringing on a new person to the engineering team, is there anything specific you look for when you're interviewing them? Because some of these take time to learn about a person, right? So I have that framework in front of me when I'm interviewing somebody. I look at their core skills. I look at their value, their team. I look at they collaborate with the rest of the organization. I look at their customer centric or not. If they, you know, if the answer is yes in all the areas, then I go deep in certain areas to see whether how relevant they are to the organization, how they can be strategic to the organization. So not just hire somebody to solve today's problem, hire somebody to solve today's problem, but they are really prepared for tomorrow's growth. Having that mindset and their principles are strong, their culture is good, their team-centric approach, I think you will not go wrong. But if you are just only trying to bring an A-star just solve today's problem. You could have a performance problem. You have an architectural issues. You have a customer churn problem. You're just hiring somebody, a superstar to solve that problem versus, you know, you're missing other elements uh, may create problems in the long run. Shifting gears a little bit, you mentioned AIML just now. Obviously, a lot of the innovation in the last few years has been around how do you use AI and ML in building products any thoughts on the space? Uh, you know, AI ML, I think, has been overused a lot. How do you think about what is actually an AI and ML versus like, just being a more generic term that's thrown around a lot? Yeah, it's a lot of myths. I mean, a lot of people misinterpret and a lot of failures, more failures than success in AI ML projects, especially around. Either they think too big and are too small. Just put a label on any initiative. I've seen simple report, oh, we have used AIML. Really, I mean, running a report, joining two tables, you know, getting the data out and presenting, how is that really? So you're absolutely right, Arun, is that, you know, people kind of overuse it and, you know, you know wanted to have that referenced. It is very important that, see, one of the core elements is that the AIML is very, very important to see what it is not solved before and what it is solving today. Dealing with the large sets of data and doing things much faster and looking at it in patterns was not solved before. It was always the resource constraints because to deal with large volume of data was a challenging. Structured and unstructured data was a challenging. Now you need to do it at a speed, a speed of a microsecond is challenging. So how you apply that to your business model now with the given these three elements, is I think it's really important. So... Looking at your business requirement and see what was it solved before or not solved, you know, what are the opportunities out there to help you know, solve customer solutions, I think you can really do a better AML. It could be vision, it could be voice, it could be sensor, it could be data, it could be patterns, it could be analytics. It could be, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Even just in marketing, you know, looking at uh, unsubscription, you know, we, a lot of times we think that, okay, sending an email campaign as an example, we are really concerned about people unsubscribing, unsubscription ratio. So how do you know the customer's touch points and how do you know the customer sentiment? Doing some AIML patterns and customer knowing the customer behavior can help you to run some campaigns. You're right. If used effectively, they can be incredible tools. Where do you think the broader industry is moving just on this side 
obviously there's been a lot of innovation in AI itself. Do you have any sense for where the next two to five years the industry will move? Before pandemic, I think a lot of innovation towards autonomous, you know, a lot of innovation towards going to Mars. But after the pandemic, I think bringing people to the ground reality that healthcare. I think a lot of innovation and a lot of effort will go more towards innovation. That's why I see that the paradigm shift, the technology. I mean, healthcare was there, but it was not really innovated at a fast or pace in other areas as like other industries. So it was closed systems. It was limited. Not many companies can innovate because the you know health privacy laws are closed systems. Now, you know, I think issues like pandemic, it's kind of breaking the boundaries. I think many companies are jumping in, many minds working together to solve. So healthcare is one industry is going to transform significantly in next few years. It's a paradigm shift from where the dollars were going, where the mind was uh, going after, you know, to innovate into healthcare. Autonomous will continue to take EV market. We have seen the boom and uh, you know that will continue to evolve the global emissions. I mean, causing a lot of issues. So I think that's a core problem everybody wanted to solve. I think that come together and will continue to innovate and improving the just an operational life cycle. The earlier the product life cycle used to take uh, you know many years. Now it's coming down to months and it will go down to weeks into a days. So they wanted product refresh much faster than you know longer time. Supply chain in a product launch instrumentation, testing, distribution, and so on. So things go in that area as well, innovating. So autonomous, optimization of your businesses or automation of your businesses to deliver much faster and healthcare. That's a great point. And especially given what's happened recently, innovation on the healthcare side, I think will be a great boon for everyone. Srini, thank you so much for joining us. This has been very, very insightful. I hope you enjoyed talking with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And it's a great pleasure to meet with you and the team. I hope we all come out of this pandemic and looking forward to meeting with you in person and having more in-person sessions. Yes, me too. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Enterprise Leaders Podcast with Storm Ventures. If you like our content, make sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. Till next time.